the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. This is the new generation of talk radio in the Bay Area. This is KNEW, AM and HD, Oakland, San Francisco, San Jose. Now, your money, your life. It's Rob Black. Woohoo! That was a quick uh, commercial break, huh? We're trying this wicked clock experiment. It's basically called Drive Rob Insane by making him talk for 22 straight minutes. It's effective. It's effective. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Marijuana use rises amongst teens. This is a big headline in the journal a couple days ago. Cigarette smoking lowest since 1975. Marijuana teenagers increased this year after previous declines, while the use of other illicit drugs like cocaine mostly declined. National Institute on Drug Abuse uh, funded the survey, uh, found 47,000 students, almost a third of 12th graders, a third and a quarter of 10th graders used marijuana in the year 2009. Almost 12% of 8th graders have used marijuana. That's a pretty shocking number. Um, I was kind of a kid that I was afraid of disappointing my dad. So I didn't even have my first beer until I was 21. So we had a, a policy in our family that we weren't allowed to do drugs and alcohol until we finished our vegetables. So we were pretty strict about that. Um, long story short, uh, marijuana use up. Is there an investment story there? Nah. Do I think marijuana eventually gets legalized in the United States? I do. Because we need tax money. I know. I know. It will, at least in the state of California, in my opinion. How about poly want an insurance policy? Poly want an insurance policy? <laughs> you know what I do? I'm the biggest jerk in the world. When my friends have parrots, I teach them bad words. Because I think that's funny. So, um, I'll teach them the N-word. The F-word. <laughs> so... I'll teach them um, husband cheating on you, husband cheating on you, husband cheating on you. So I like teaching parrots the, well, you get the idea. Bad, dirty words. Anyway, Polly wanted insurance policy. Cost of medical care for pets is rising as fast as in for humans. And that's, you know, spurring pet insurance. Pet owners are able to choose from a rapidly growing array of policies featuring everything from high deductible designs to coverage of alternative medicine treatments like acupuncture. Some pet policies focus on accidents and illness, while others include wellness checkups and shots. Some things aren't traditionally uh, included in pet insurance, such as hereditary conditions. They're now paid for under some plans. So I think the lesson that I want to get here is you really, really got to read the plan if you're going to get an insurance policy for an animal. I felt horrific. Uh, Roy Lamella during the commercial break gave us a traffic update. And there's a dog running around on 880 on the, side of the right side of the road. And it just breaks my heart. I mean, that's probably not going to end well. And I think dogs, cats, I'm not a big fan of birds. Birds are evil. They smell. Um, 
But dogs and cats deserve the best. All they do is they just want to be loved. I mean, geez. Anyway, um, I, I heard a story yesterday while I was in CVS um, buying, buying medications for my inflamed sores, which I'm not going to tell you about. Um, and maybe that's just a joke. Maybe I don't have any inflamed sores. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Anyway, um, I heard someone talking about their dog getting cancer and lumps in their stomach. And I'm just like, oh, I'm sensitive with that. Now, this year, pet owners are expected to spend around $12.2 billion for veterinary care. That's a lot of money. That's up from $11.1 billion a year ago and up from $8.2 billion in five years ago. So now we're starting to use chemotherapy and dialysis on pets. Potential cost is going to balloon from here. So with a policy, you want to make sure you have four questions to ask. And this is on your healthcare policy. This is on your car policy. This is on everything. Any insurance product that you buy, you should say, on what basis does the policy play, pay the claim? You want to make sure for in pets, insurance plans may pay flat amounts according to benefit schedule, or they may pay a percentage of what the insurer considers usual and customary. If the payments are based on actual bills, check for exceptions in the fine print. Another thing you want to check out is does the policy cover that? Typically, policies start with blackout periods during which nothing's covered. They also don't include pre-existing health issues. Many don't give cover congenital or inborn conditions, behavioral issues, or pregnancy costs. Some do include hereditary conditions. Some don't. Now, what's your out-of-pocket cost going to be? And for instance, I have a Vishla. And hereditary, you know, um, they got some spine issues as they get older. So that probably wouldn't be covered. Now, what's your out-of-pocket cost? That's the third question you have to ask. Deductibles may be paid on an annual basis or levied each time you use your pet gets sick or injured. What happens when you renew the policy? Your premiums might rise based on the age of your pet, veterinary inflation, or possibly the claims filed on your pet. So those are issues that you got to know. And if you haven't read your homeowner's policy, you're an idiot. You're a financial idiot waiting to be uh, cleaned out. Let's go to Michael in Petaluma. Michael? Hey, Robert. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay at best. How about uh, yourself? Not bad. Not bad. Um, got a question about Petrobras. And uh, I was accumulating while the dollar was going down and also because of the energy play. What do you think? The dollars, I think you said a couple of days ago you, you're looking at the dollar getting a little bit stronger. But uh, would you start accumulating at this point? What's your time frame? Uh, it could be 5, 10, 15 years. Okay. I think it's a nice... So i got a ways to go before I'm going to retire. I think it's a nice name. Um, I think the play off the dollar is a little bit on the overside. Okay. But is there still a play on energy and oil? Um, I, do th- I do think so. I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Um, even though more headlines are going to be out there tied towards uh, natural gas... I think uh, the Petrobras's, the Totals, the Exxon Mobil's, the Chevron's, they're still going to make billions and billions of dollars. Um, long-term secular view on oil prices, I think, is positive. Um, I still like you know, some names like Schlumberger and Baker Hughes and Smith International and Weatherford International. Those are all really good names. Um, Halliburton, I think, is a good name. Um, we're going to continue to look for oil. So if you own a Petrobras, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, they're, they're not as fun to say as Petrobras, though. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I can't even say the real name of Petrobras. Neither can I. Petro, <laughs> Petro Olio Brasileiro. Uh, okay. Exactly. So we just kind of shorten it to Petrobras. PBR is the ticker symbol for those who okay. want to play at home. So 
as far as the dollar possibly strengthening doesn't uh, outweigh um, the sense that you, you know you've got a long-term uh, positive um, aspect with regard to energy and oil in particular. Yeah, I still think we're an oil-consuming world as far as economically speaking. There will be times where this puppy underperforms. Um, since 2005, it's gone from about $5 a share up to where it is now $50 a share. It's been as high as 70 and it went from 70 down to 20 um, as energy prices went from 150 down to $60 per barrel of oil. So there's some volatility into it. There's no doubt about it. With Brazil, you also get kind of some uncertain political dynamics on, yeah. you know, will American companies be loved or will the next administration hate American companies? And Would how- you start accumulating between 47 and 48 price target there? I'm really – here's where you and I differ, Michael. I'm really not price sensitive Yeah. because I'm a young dude. Um, I'm, I still got some you know, testosterone in me. I plan to be out around a couple more years. Um, so I would rather buy great companies. Like, for instance, if you were to say Petrobras, I'd say, yeah, so got to own some Visa. And you know, we can go from there. And then I think you should own some Verizon right now. So suddenly you got a nice dividend play. You got a nice transaction play, growing their earnings 20%. You got a safe, boring play, Petrobras, who it's a big oil play. Uh, probably not going to do as well with a if it, if the dollar strengthens. But I don't think anyone's expecting the dollar to you know roar anytime soon. Keep that in mind. I just think that the damage of lowering interest rates from five percent to basically one quarter of one percent or less on overnight lending rates, I think it it, it destroyed the dollar. Um, I think the spending by the United States government is destroying the dollar. But I think the dollar will have its day again. We are back at you know nineteen eighty levels on the dollar. You know, so it's not like we've never seen this before. It's I'm not going to say it's cyclical, um, but we've had strong dollar policies. We've had weak dollar policies. And I think when our economy is weak, that's the best time to have a weak dollar policy. Um, and I think we kind of got ourselves into a big mess after 9-11 by going to a weak policy very, very, very quickly and very, very abruptly. And I don't think the ramifications were quite as obvious. Next time around, they will be. But this time, I think we missed them. Thanks for the call, Michael. to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. So I do still think that oil has a good long-term way to go. I'm not panicked about it in any way, shape, or form. Um, There is a little bit of news that I want to hit real quick on Citigroup. The United States has delayed its $5 billion Citigroup sale after weak pricing. U.S. Treasury delayed a plan to sell its $5 billion of Citigroup shares after a stock offering by the bank attracted weak demand and priced at much lower than expected rate of 315. You probably remember in the last year, a lot of people called me about Citigroup and said, would you buy it at $3? Would you buy it at $4? Would you buy it at $5? Would you buy it at 6 And I said, no, because the United States government owns 30% of the company. And we don't really know how they're going to get that 30% covered. And part of it's diluting the hell out of shareholders. So now that they're diluting the hell out of shareholders, I feel a lot more comfortable saying that I like the, com- the name of the company. I'm not saying there's no risk towards it now, but now that they've already destroyed and issued shares on top of shares on top of shares... It's kind of taking some of the risk out, and I see that as a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. So anyway, so that's the Citigroup story. I'm not buying shares of Citigroup. I'm not telling you to buy shares of Citigroup. I don't know you. You don't know me. It's a little broker advisor for Dickie Action. I need to mentioned on the air. Anyway, coming up a little later in the show, I got the one, the only funny man, Will Durst. We're going to be talking about the year in review. If you want to pick up the phone, give me a call. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. I'll jump on the live blog. What's a live blog? It's where you, the blackheads, can interact with me. Or with each other, more appropriately, at talk910.com, talk910.com. Punch the big Rob Black blog head, and you'll jump right in. Break here. We'll be right back. It's 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Get 
in the Rob Black chat room live now. Go to talk910.com. Go to the Rob Black page and click play. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. A couple things that I promised that I would get to that I have to get to. If you make a promise, you should try to keep it. A couple dividend stocks. I like dividends. To me, dividends are like, ooh, how do you say this without being massively offensive? Some guys like rumps. Some guys like pretty face. Some guys like legs. I like dividends. That's the easiest way of explaining it in terms that make sense to you. So Baron Online, they're reporting today, Economic Outlook, Brightons in 2010. Companies have an ability to share their profits with you. A company is a public, publicly traded company is a person. It's defined as a, a corporation is a person. So these are companies that make enough money that they can share their money. And if you own shares of the company, you can get a piece of that action. So some of the names that they bring up, Philip Morris... I think is a fine name, Philip Morris International. I think they kill a lot of people. But you know what? I think Kraft Cheese kills a lot of people, too. To be honest with you, I bet the numbers are starting to skew more towards Kraft Cheese than they are towards Philip Morris. But Philip Morris has this great business model. It's an addictive thing to smoke, i.e. you smoke again and again and again and again. Now, I don't want you to just buy the Altria. Altria is the United States version. Altria is a nice, beautiful, made-up name. It's a wonderful, made-up name, Altria. What's the Altria? Why not call it Cancer Stick Company? Because that wouldn't sell terribly well. So Altria sounds good. And Heidi, my producer, just gave up smoking. She finally got the message after all these years that she will die if she continues to smoke. So I don't want you to buy Altria because she's educated. I want you to buy Philip Morris International for the parts of the world that don't have the education system that the United States has. And yeah, it's a way of playing China. If a Chinese guy is going to work and making Nike shoes, or he's going to work and making big old jester hats... Man, the Chinese, when they're making stuff for us, they must go, what is wrong with those freakish Americans? Like, why do they make so much of our junk for us, and why do we consume so much junk? But that's a whole other topic for later. So I like Philip Morris International. It's a nice dividend play. I like Pfizer. I think that's a nice dividend play. But now here's the thing. When you buy dividend stocks, you don't buy them expecting the stock to go up. You expect them to pay, pay me my damn money. You want them to pay you every three months. And then when there's a bad economy... They're still paying you when there's a good economy. They're still paying you. Now, everything has risks. It's all about relativity. How relative risk am I taking compared to getting a U.S. Treasury? I can go 10-year Treasury and get 3.5%. I don't think that's enough. I think you need a little bit more. So, with that said, Philip Morris International, ticker symbol. What is Philip Morris International? Uh, there it is, PM. For some reason, I want to call it PMI, but that's not right. PM. 4.6% dividend yield. That's pretty good. This year it's gone from 35 to 50. That's pretty good. So I like it. Is it expensive? It's starting to look a little expensive, but I'd still go for it. And Pfizer, Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. That's a lot of PFs, right? Fiber, Pfizer fabricates pharmaceuticals. They've got a nice dividend of 3.5%, but the stock is cheap. All major pharmaceutical stocks are cheap. Why is that? Why is Pfizer, Merck, Eli Lilly, why are they so cheap right now? Because they're, they're afraid. They're afraid of the junior senator who's a president of the United States that his health care reform is going to give us free Viagra. 
that the healthcare company is going to be forced to give it to us for free. I just wanted to say the word erectile dysfunction in the air. As my continual pursuit of pushing away elderly people by offending them. <sighs> erectile dysfunction. There, I said it twice. Yes, there will be mail to deal with, but I'll deal with it. Anyway, um, Pfizer used to be in business. And the worst case scenario is not going to happen with a health care reform. It never does. So, and ultimately, if it does, they'll just, you know, pick up their toys and go to another country and sell their, their goods. That's the idea there. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Now, interesting out of Walmart this week. Now, I, I don't own shares in Walmart because they've just got a messed up international strategy. They've never been good internationally. They tried to get in India and it doesn't work. They tried to get into Japan and it doesn't work. But I've always been fascinated with them because as a retailer, they're bigger than number two, three, four, and five put together. Now, they're number one. That's pretty damn big. As a retailer, they're, they're mean. They're vicious. They will say to Coca-Cola, look, if you don't give us the price that we want, we'll sell only Pepsi. And they'll sell to pe- say to Pepsi, if you don't give us the price we want, we'll sell only Coke products. And because they're so big, distributors tend to, to cave and give them what they need. But there was a, a Michigan state. It's a confidence survey that recently came out, and I I don't put a lot of value in surveys. In large part, you know, how you feeling about the economy? Well, you hear about unemployment being ten and a half percent over twelve percent in the state of California. So you go, I, I don't think I'm not feeling very good, but yet you still have your job. Keep in mind when unemployment's at ten and a half percent, that means eighty five plus percent of us are employed, and when we are employed, we smoke cigarettes. When we're employed, we go shopping, we spend the money. So the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment kind of tied into something about Walmart. And it talked about how 87% of Americans shop at Walmart. Can you believe that number? 87% of Americans shop at Walmart? I've never even been in a Walmart. I've been in a Walmart parking lot in Hawaii. And I thought that was fantastic because I was seeing Hawaiians like fight with you. It's like going to a football game. Um, it's, it's just crazy, the parking lot at a Walmart. So anyway, the University of Michigan Consumer uh said 87% of Americans shop at Walmart. 56% of them shop there more than once a month. And 10% of all retail sales in the United States happen at Walmart. Let me throw that number out there one more time. One out of $10 of our retail money is transacted at Walmart. That is about the craziest thing. But okay, okay, okay. So here's where in the report, it, it got me intrigued. It's intrigued. University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment said that materially slower consumer spending is going to happen over the next decade relative to the previous 20 years due to less credit extensions and demographic shifts, which benefit low-cost providers like Walmart. Senior citizens need to get more bang for their bucks. Walmart offers them $4, $4 for 30 days of old people pills, old people pills like cholesterol pills, old people pills along those lines. Anyway. They're trying to get old people in there because they know that the old people are, are stingy. And what's happening to our nation? It's turning old. Hello, this is Hank Acker. I'm elderly, and I would like Bob Black to know that he's right on. I think I'm ready to kill that drop. I think it wasn't funny the first time, and it's not funny the fifth time. I think we went 0 for 5 on that. And it, I'm sorry to say, it's blatantly obvious that it's not an old person. So... Because an old person... It's people. Soylent green is made out of people. See, I, I, I do like that. Listen to me, Hatcher. you got to tell them, Soylent green is people! 
coming in in a couple of minutes, I'm going to have Will Durst. And typically, I would want to turn him into a nice souffle and put him on a cracker and eat him. But he still earns money and pays income taxes. So I'm going to delay turning him into food. Um, with that said, I thought it was fascinating that the survey said, this survey said, Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson kind of creepy in hindsight, right? We should have caught on to that a little bit earlier that he's kissing all those people. So imagine the herpes. Imagine the herpes. Um, where are we going out with this? Where are we going out with this? Where are we going out with this? Okay, so the Michigan Consumer Sentiment said that spending is going to be materially slower over the next decade. That tells you you got to be careful with owning your Best Buys. That tells you you got to be careful owning your Walmarts. You got to be careful with your Tiffany's retail stores. America in the 1990s were Americans. And we invented the, the the internet. And when we did, we started bringing companies public. And holy mackerel, again, the Bay Area t- t- 20 years ago was magical. 25-year-old kids coming out of college were earning six figures. Whereas Will Durst busted his butt his whole career to be a stand-up comic. Kids were coming out of college making six figures. And people like him and I were going, what did we do wrong? Why I got in the world of finance. I, I was actually taken pretty well care of in the 1990s. So I'm okay. But we were looking around at restaurants and seeing these kids buying $100 brandies and smoking cigars and wearing lingerie that's more expensive than a suit that I'm wearing. Like, you're kidding me. Whoa. So anyway, this consumer survey says materially slower retail consumer spending over the next decade. We're spent out. Our baby boomers are retiring and as our baby boomers retiring and their 401ks crash and their home prices come down, they're not as wealthy. They're not able to refi your home. Go try to refi your home right now. Good freaking luck. Your home's no longer a piggy bank. Your home is now a liability, which it should have been all along. Your 401k, it's recovered if you played it right. And it's done great for you over the lifetime. It's the best thing our Congress has ever done. Maybe repealing the, the British citizens, the, the king and the taxes, maybe that was good. But to me, the 401k is the best thing our government has ever done. So it tells you I'm a little bit cynical, right? Speaking of cynical, coming up, we've got America's number one political satirist. Satirist? Comic, whatever you want to say. We're going to be talking to Will Durst on the show. If you have a question, you can pick up the phone. It's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I know it's a lot more fun listening to the Trainwreck show that is the Rob Black show than calling into the show. Because when you actually call in, it turns into a little bit more lighter fare because I'm making more fun of you instead of me. But long story short, 800-345-5639. Also, you can jump on the live blog, talk910.com, talk910.com. It's the Rob Black show, 910 a.m. More stimulating talk. They call me help. They call me Stacy. They call me help. They call me Jane. I'm John Cobell. I'm Ken Champeau. We're the John and Ken Show. Join us weekdays from 3 to 7. Now, Rob Black on 910 AM, more stimulating talk. So this year I got to make an acquaintance of Will Durst. He's someone I had admired and snickered at many times in my life growing up. Snickered. I make him probably feel a little bit old when I say that, but I remember snickered. you. I remember you in the 1980s when I was in my teenage years. And just don't tell me it was your mother's favorite comic when she was little. No, no, I I, I saw you on a Showtime show many many years ago. It was a it's one of those shows like let's find America's funniest person kind of thing. And um, it was back in I want to say the late 70s or early 80s. And, uh, it was actually 82. Okay. 
and what it was, uh, San Francisco had the San Francisco International Open stand-up comedy competition. And I was one of the five finalists in 82. So Showtime was still running the show. Of course, when I wanted in 83, they weren't running the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. So yeah. your parents didn't get to see you win, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But uh, I remember my wife and I were were doing this thing because they did a little rem- remote shot, and I and I don't know if I still have it somewhere, but it was a, a slow pull. Debbie and I like to go to the beach, and then showed us at Baker Beach, and we had collected all these beer cans. Right? Okay. So uh, they they tight focus on us on a blanket at the beach, and then they slowly pull out and reveal, and there's beer cans all over, and I and I finish a beer and I toss it back, nice. and they pull back, and you see about. 400 beer cats littering us and uh, they were they were the Budweiser 16 ounce and I remember that's what we were drinking at the time we were drinking the 16 ounce Budweiser's because we were dead broke and of course you know we can't drink Budweiser anymore no you can't drink Budweiser no. so that's it's it's anchor exactly. always anchor love anchor I wish I could get a promotional tie-in some endorsement deal with anchor steam anchor on tap but they don't they don't advertise you know actually I'm a, a, a ambassador for Maker's Mark whiskey oh really yeah so I, I how do you do that? I, I have a radio show and I say I like whiskey, and <laughs> next thing you know, I get four, four free bottles. <laughs> Dude, I know what so, a great gig! It's a good gig. So I'm an ambassador. So Are you still get a mattress? Um, do I get a mattress from Sleep Train? No, you know they're afraid of me because mattresses are overpriced, and I'll say that on my on my show. <laughs> I personally like buying used mattresses. Well, from, no, geez. from like a murder scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they, you can get them cheap. You can get them real cheap. You know, you just turn that blood stain over so it's on the bottom. Buy them when you can. <laughs> let's go to phone calls. Let's go to <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. Let's go to Ted in Walnut Creek. Ted, how you doing, Rob? Good. Uh, listen, um, I had uh, got one of these Christmas letters from my neighbor, uh, former neighbor. Right. And uh, it relates to uh, what your health issue. Okay, I have a health issue. That I've got fungus on my feet right now. Oh, dude. Yeah. So okay. I'll, sh- I'll show it to you in a couple minutes. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, you wouldn't want to get it, uh, let it get too far. Um, uh, this guy fell ill after uh, Christmas, or uh, Thanksgiving, I'm sorry, and um, uh, is now in the hospital with a coma. Jesus. From and, foot fog uh, from athlete's foot? Well, he had an infection. Yeah, oh, yeah. Infections you got to watch. When, yeah. they, when things get red and puffy, go to the doctor. Yes. Okay. Oh. I didn't think, I thought maybe you were avoiding the doctor. Oh, no. I don't avoid doctors. I like doctors. Okay, good. So I was one of those people, and thanks for the call, Ted. I was one of those people when I turned 40 that I was excited, you know, because I was, you know, I know what's going to happen, and I'm going to pay $10 for it, and that's not a bad thing because I used to pay a lot more money for something like that. Well, uh, do, you, do you get benefits from these guys? <laughs> No. To get benefits There's from no, your other gigs? Yeah, yeah. There's uh, no money in radio. Well, no, I know. So if you're Rush Limbaugh, there's money in radio. but there's, And Howard Stern, and that's it. Yeah, and Howard's, Howard's in an interesting dilemma. His uh, satellite contract's coming up, and they paid him $500 million for the first five years, and they ain't got that kind of money in the second time around. So it'll be interesting to see where, where his career goes. If he goes back to terrestrial. Did you ever meet Howard? No, yeah. no, never. He's, he's mentioned me a couple times on his show. Yeah. I get mentioned a lot. I was mentioned on the Tonight Show. Which one? The the John uh, Carson one? Uh no, uh 2 weeks ago with uh Conan O'Brien. Really? What did... just mentioned. Okay, and did you just... It was weird. It was uh Norm McDonald was on the show. Yeah. And he was trying to do a new joke. And the new joke was 
uh, you know, interesting with uh, post-racial, you know, president uh, being uh, African-American. So now uh, Mattel's coming out with black Barbies. So uh, little girls all over the country can have cripplingly low self-esteem. And he blew the joke because he hadn't remembered it. He hadn't memorized it. Sounds like Norman Yeah. And he said, eh, it might be a little too serious. going to sell that joke to Will Durst. <laughs> and I'm just, I just happened to be watching. I never watched the Conan show. I just had, and I heard my name and I went, did he say my name? It was the weirdest thing. And then I got emails, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey, you were on the Tonight Show. <laughs> That's the only time I've been on. What do you think about Black Barbie? Because there's criticism that they're not black enough. Well, that's an area that you really don't, you know, I'm not qualified. I mean, they, they say about that about the president, that he's not even close. You know, he's mocha tops. He, he's a Kahlua colored brother. And and yet, if he showed up with a watermelon, we, we as a nation, we would have freaked out. Or if he catered the last day dinner with Popeyes. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So that's funny. I think I would have got a kick out of that. Yeah. What do you think about Obama now that we're a year in? Um, my opinion, one week lot. away from 11 months, yeah, not quite a year, not a lot done. No, Underwe- no. underwhelming. Uh, I was looking for more change. You know, he kept talking about change. Um, I'm not tired of change. I'll say that I, I am not overwhelmed by the change, but I, I think that the Republican strategy of stopping everything has been, um, pretty effective. I'm not sure it's good for the country. You know, but it's politics. One of the Republican senators said that he's going to have the health care bill read aloud on the floor. No, no, no. What they did yesterday was they had an amendment. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's Bernie Sanders amendment. And he's not even a Democrat. He's an independent from Vermont. He's actually a socialist. So he's left of the Democrats. But he had an amendment to the health care bill that was 767 pages long. And Coburn... Uh, from Oklahoma, he decided that uh, he, he was something happened. Somebody didn't vote yeah. for his amendment. So he he called this. And this is one of the rules of the Senate, one of the arcane rules. He has the entire amendment being read. Well, when you have a 767 page amendment yeah. to a bill, that's ridiculous. And uh, I think they're pointing it out. It seems to me, and so was, I think they gave up after three hours or something. If you and I are talking politics, it seems to me that. His first year looks a lot like Clinton's first year, where he came in on this the sea change movement. A lot was supposed to get done, not a lot got done, and then the next seven years, a lot got done. But maybe there's some hope for Obama. Well, you know, the first year is kind of cleaning the plate, don't you think? I mean, and the garbage disposal wasn't big enough to handle everything that was on the plate. So, you, have you ever put too much stuff into a garbage disposal at once? Oh yeah, yeah, and it burns out. Yeah, so you got to be careful of that. I think, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think he's got a shot. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that the Republicans, if not, I don't think it'll be 94 all over again because uh, the situation in the country is not the same yeah. as the Republican Revolution in 94. In the first 100 days of yeah. the Republican Congress. Yeah. So it seemed like so many years ago, and that was just not that many years ago. Uh-huh. Top 10 comedic news stories of 2009. There's something that you sent out to me. And on this list, obviously, the beer summit and uh, staying with President Obama for a little bit longer. That was a weird moment in history. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the resolution sounded like the setup for a joke. A professor, a cop and a president walk into a bar. (laughs) Yeah, because as we all know, beer fixes racism. And yet, I don't know. When when that moment was happening live in front of us, well, it was almost surreal because instantaneously we're judging Obama saying, you know, 
you're going to create race tension. You're going to kill some cops and people, some black people aren't going to like cops uh, because you said there was a rush to judgment. We're in an, a, an environment now where everything is real time. It's pretty strange. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which and well, you're saying that he shouldn't have tried to uh, ameliorate the situation. I thought he did. I thought I thought at yeah. the end that the cops and the Harvard University and all the people and uh, the the black presence in uh, Boston. I thought I thought they got together and things did slow down and there weren't any riots. So what I'm trying to I guess what I'm trying to get at like the whole Tiger Woods things. It's happening in real time where. Back when 10, 20, 30 years ago, it was a lot slower. We would, you know, wait for the morning. The rollout, yeah. We would wait for the rollout of the morning paper. Um, we would watch CBS at 6 o'clock. And now it's just, you get this information fast and furious. Today I heard uh, Tiger's wife is divorcing him. I heard it this morning and it's all over the news all day today. And yet if you, you know, slept in this morning, you didn't hear that. And you would come in and say, you think his wife's going to divorce him. So I would have an opinion and your opinion wouldn't be formed enough. It's just, it's overwhelming for me. Yeah, and and there's no time of the day where you can actually collate everything. It used to be the national news, but now there's so much news that's bubbling under that's not real news that you still have to keep aware. Because I don't think they're going to cover this on uh, on ABC and Charles Gibson's last night. You know, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Well said. Speaking with Will Durst, you can find him online at willdurst.com. It's w i l l d u r s t dot com. Willdurst.com. Uh, he's got a lot of end of the year shows coming up. We're gonna ask. I have to ask this question: Why so many end of the year shows? Is end of the year just goldmine for our comedians? Do we do we want to laugh while we're not working? This is our tradition. We hit six different cities and six nights between Christmas and New Year's. We end up on New Year's with a gala show, and 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 we look back on the year. So we'll be talking about Tiger Woods. We'll be talking about all the Somali pirates. You know, we'll be talking about everything that happened, and it's. It's a chance for all these comics to get together. They're normally all headliners, so we never get to do a show together. So it's kind of a family picnic is what it is. Wildersh.com, Wildersh.com. He's going to be in Walnut Creek on the 26th, Livermore on the 27th, Berkeley on the 28th, um, Sunnyvale on the 29th, Sebastopol on the 30th, and Mill Valley on the 31st. So tons of shows. You can learn more about the shows at Wildersh.com, Wildersh.com. We'll take a break here. We'll come back and talk about the year 2009. Listening to Rob Black, 9 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking with Will Durst. He's a person that I met in person about eight months ago, and I'm pleased that I did. I think his style of comedy and insight is one that stands out versus blends in. I try to do a financial radio show that stands out versus blending in. I'm um, trying to give you, you know, why things work the way they do. So um, it's always an honor to work with you, Will. And you get to come back uh, stage at Comedy Day. It I was, did. Get- it was great to see you and your wife and your kid. And you know what, what stunk about that? She's a big Robin Williams fan. Oh, and he showed up. He left five minutes before that. Oh no! So, yeah. Oh, we figured lifetime achievement award would go to him at, at the end. At the yeah. end, and yeah, no, no, you're on Robin's schedule. Okay. Yeah, when he shows up, he gets the award. How often do you get to like sit down and have dinner with Robin Williams? Uh, this year, just once at his birthday. Okay. I got invited to. I was lucky enough. My wife got invited, and I got to hang. Uh, my wife and he 
started out together back in the early 80s. Uh, there was a an improv. Kind of, they, would, they would do improv on the weekends. It was called Spaghetti Jam at the old Spaghetti Factory in North Beach. And he was one of the stalwarts. He was he was there every other week. And because he had the thing down in L.A., he was already doing Mark and Mindy. But he would still come up here, you know, and exercise his chops. And Which stuff. is interesting. I, yeah. I never liked Robin Williams. I think I'm one of the only Americans that don't don't appreciate his style. Oh, it's, you know, everybody is is so much like that. You know, I, I, I've been fired, and humor is so subjective. I, I've been fired by the San Francisco Examiner twice. I had a column in there. I was hired by a guy named Larry Kramer, and then uh, he was the editor, and then he left to form CBS Market Watch, uh, which did fairly well. And then uh, Phil Bronstein came in and replaced him, and Phil didn't get my humor. Of course, Phil's got the, you know, sense of humor of an end table uh so wasn't he married to sharon stone yes he was interesting yeah. and she's uh, one of those san francisco celebrities that still lingers around the city i don't yeah she comes up a lot for you know fascinating uh benefits and stuff like but i, I don't think she lives here i think she's down in la okay yeah so but he's still here he's back at the chronicle and then I, I was uh, when the examiner got sold and they got hired by somebody else, uh, but the fangs owned it. And uh, then uh, another guy hired me to do a column, and then another, he left, and another guy fired me. So I mean, that's and I want to go back. I, I want to be able to say that they hired me three times <laughs> and fired you three times. I'm holding off on that. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. Let's go to Emil. Emil, how are you? Hmm. Not too good, I guess. Emil. Okay. We're going to have to put him on probation. No more calling in for at least a month. He's our oh, really? Italian-American uh, regular caller that's very, very unique and distinct in his uh, stylings of, of vocals. Ah. So ah. It looks like he's there again, but I don't know. Should I go to him? Go to him. No, it's, no, it's, no, let's punish him. All right. Swine flu. This was supposed to be the year where, where people <laughs> died of swine flu, and it didn't happen. Yeah, it was. Remember, it was that spike. It was like March or April, and it was nothing, nothing. Swine flu, and then nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it came back, but it it wasn't, you know. And then the government actually tried to change the name from swine flu to swine originated influenza virus because they didn't want to defame our proud American pork producers. You know, Those pork and, producers pay money to get people reelected. Exactly, so. but it didn't catch on. It did. and that also. Joe Biden went on TV. He went on Good Morning America. He said, oh, the swine flu, geez, not going to catch me in a subway. Shut up. No way I'm flying commercial. <laughs> that was the vice president. He's supposed to be helping. Yeah, and Joe Biden, I don't know. He's one of those vice presidents that's really not standing out much. The president's not standing out very much, but he's not standing out at all. No, but the, the Republican, I mean, this is different than 94 because there was Newt Gingrich. In 94, and he was, you know, the lion of the right, and uh, he was able to somehow energize the troops, and I don't see anybody doing it. Mitch McConnell couldn't energize uh, a sofa bed. Uh, he's, uh, he doesn't have it, and I don't see anybody else on, on the right who's actually taking the reins and running with it. So you're going to be doing a lot of end-of-the-year type shows, and this was a weird year, um, I can't, but we probably say that every year. Every year, I keep wondering, you know, am I going to have enough material, at the, especially the year after a presidential election? That's always a down year for me. But this year, man, there were Somali pirates. There was swine flu. And uh, there was uh, the, the health care riots. Sarah Palin quit and then wrote a book. 
Do you think so. the Somali pirates would let me come and work for them? Because I'd like to be a pirate. As a kid, I wanted to be a pirate. Everybody wanted to be a pirate. But I think my skin color might exclude me from being a pirate in Somalia. Yeah, I'm not sure you'd actually make it to the little boat, the skiff. I'd cut my foot off and put on a peg leg for it. That's a job that I'm going to be Oh, jeez, Rob, I'm not sure. Yeah, you're willing to go to the wall. I, you know, you show that kind of commitment, and they, they might change their mind. They might actually let you in. You know, you could be a pirate mascot, you know, whatever they needed. You could go, arg. Have you heard about the, the pirate movie that's coming out? Another pirate movie? Yeah. It's rated R. <laughs> Come on, Heidi. Where's the rim shot? Where's the rim shot? <laughs> she doesn't have the energy. Look at her. She can't even lift her arms anymore. <laughs> She gave up smoking this year. Congratulations. Oh, yes. I'm down to five a day. She's going to gain weight. Her skinny little waifish figure. Oh, yeah? She's going to look like me. A big old... She's going to blow it up like a poison toad is what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. A big old puffle up. Shut it. <laughs> okay, so more things in the year. Um, judge... I can't even say her name terribly well. Uh, Sonia, Sonia Sotomayor. Sotomayor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, you know, uh, he picked... A Catholic diabetic woman of Puerto Rican descent from the South Bronx. Apparently, the search for the o- <clears throat> for the albino midget lesbian on what Bangladeshi mother would lycanthropy fell just a bit short. Uh, he did. He did target it. It's, did you know that she was involved in the Major League Baseball strike? Yes, that was her big claim to fame until yeah. this. And she didn't. And she likes baseball, I guess. Different than Kevin. There was a judge here in San Francisco who ju- who was who was uh, the arbiter, I guess you could say, the adjudicator on uh, the, remember the five hundredth ball by Barry Bonds. Yeah, two people caught it, and one people one person ended up with it, and, and you know they cut it down the middle. They did the Solomon thing in France yesterday. There was a, a story about uh, a guy who was at a casino, and uh, he goes up to a pretty woman who's sitting next to a slot by herself. Gives her the money to put in the slot. She puts it in. She pulls down the the arm. They win $3 million. And he wants half. Yeah. So he ended up getting half. She got half. He got half. That's fair. You think that's fair? Yeah. I don't know. It just tells me, don't give your coins to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Pull your own slot. I think think we've learned a lesson here. Don't try to impress women with $2 uh, wagers. That turn into three million? No, it's got to fit on a bumper sticker. Pull your own slot. Pull your own slot. Yeah. Like four, four syllables. Yeah. Do you remember the golden age of bumper stickers? It had to be the seventies and early eighties. Nowadays, you don't see bumper stickers as much. No, people got good cars now. They want. You know, we were driving used stuff back then. It was yeah. I don't, I don't have a bumper sticker on my car. So of course, I was never big on bumper stickers. Back in your day. Things have changed a lot. You and Robin Williams used to, like you said, you know, put a lot of sweat equity into your into your job. Now there's things like Twitter, where you Twitter a joke a day. That's I got, do. That's got to help you. I do. That's got to help you enormously get uh, people to the shows. Um, I don't know. I don't know if people are are just you know hanging by, waiting for the joke, or if the the joke is actually in a moose bouche that will you know. Uh, compel them to to go outside I, I i think live entertainment is really suffering because of home theater people have such incredible units at home you know why would you leave i also think uh, that the economy here is teaching people that maybe we don't need all that crap that we got 
Maybe I don't actually need a 12-piece pewter napkin ring set and based on the characters from Harold and Kumar movies. You know, I yeah, maybe we're okay with what we have. I can't tell you how many DVDs I have in my library that still have the cellophane on them. Yeah. So I've never been a big fan of collecting DVDs. That's all moving to cloud services anyway. Yeah. With that said, um, it's into the year. You've got a lot of shows coming up. Walnut Creek, Livermore, Berkeley. Thank you. Um, Sebastopol, Sunnyvale, and Mill Valley. And Mill Valley. And people can find out more about those at willdurst.com, willdurst.com, and, and you know, go, go out and spend a little time laughing and unwinding, because it's been a stressful year. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a great show. We get skits, we have phone answering machine messages uh, during the blackouts, uh, you'll see some stand-up, and it'll all be based on what happened this year. The wonderful year that was, 2009. Nope. Although, 2010 is going to be so much fun to say. Why? 2010. It's fun to say. Is it? Yeah, 2010. I want to call it. It's easier than 2009. I like 09, 07, 08, 010, you can't do. And no, you can't do 010. And it's not even O, it's zero. And people get real finicky and say O is a letter, not a number. And I, I, well, I have 09, we, got, we, we shortened it to 09. But 2010, man. 2010. Yeah, yeah. And then 2020. And then we're going to be ABC dead. will be very happy. You, you and I will be dead by the time this all rolls out. <laughs> Now, in the break, we were talking, you were saying that you, you don't want to get out of stand-up, but you want to do a one-man show. Have, have the economics of stand-up become less, or are they still pretty good? It's not the economics. It's the demographics. Okay. And uh, I still have a residual draw, but it's with adults. You know, and I, I really need adults. I need people who read or know someone who does. So in February... Uh, the entire month of February, I'll be doing Mondays at a place called the Raz Room, which is in uh, uh, downtown San Francisco on the corner of O'Farrell and Mason. So I'll be doing my little one-man show. And it, it's it's like my stand-up show, you know, it, except I'm running for lieutenant governor of, from the state of confusion. So I have many constituents in the audience. So you got a lot of work ahead of you yeah. coming up. So Yeah, yeah a, l- a lot of little stuff. You're not I going patched ahead. together a comedy quilt. Okay. Now, yeah. about the economics, did you know how Vegas work? I was, we got 50 seconds, so don't, don't take up too much time. Um, <laughs> in Vegas, the performer basically advertises himself, and the casino gets the, the drink money, but they get the, the gate from the show. It all depends. That's, that's called the four wall, and my good friend, um, the amazing Jonathan, does a four wall. So he rents out the theater, and, does, and uh, the hotel will help him with some of the publicity. Interesting stuff. So but he makes most of his money on merchandise. In the last 20 seconds, you can go to willdurst.com. It's W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T.com. No relationship to Kirsten Dunst. No, or Fred Durst. Because it's Durst with a D-U-R-S-T. We'll take a break here. He'll be all around the city at the end of the year. Happy Mary, Rob Black. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just 
felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com. <laughs> 